Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the official, unofficial Grace Point podcast. I'm Steven. I'm Isaiah. We are your co-hosts, and we are in the middle of a series called Why the Hate, where we try to answer the question, why does our church get so much hate uh. online? And it's a special episode today. We have a very special guest. Yeah, I guess today we're the official Grace Point podcast, because today... We have um, Pastor Ed, a.k.a. Uh, my dad, on the show. And we have kind of something Who's the senior pastor? Oh, yeah. Grace okay, Point. yeah. He's the senior pastor of Grace Point um, yeah, yeah. Church, if you did not know that. Yeah. And uh, we wanted to try something kind of different today. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we'll want to introduce... Well, how about before we get into the topic? I mean, you guys see it in the title. Um, why don't you just start by introducing yourself? I don't think people know the story. I, I wanted to ask, how did you become the senior pastor of Grace Point? Like, because... A lot of people have this impression that you like founded the church and all this stuff. I was surprised the freshman found that you didn't, you know, and and all that. So maybe just like talk about that a little bit, just like you really want to go yeah. there, like the whole whole history, uh, as much as you want. Yeah, all right, yeah. So, I think people are interested. Okay, so people want to know. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's that's not as straightforward as yeah. it should be. We're, we're a forty-year-old church uh-huh. uh, in some way. Uh, yeah, because it's in Berkeley where it all started, and current expression of grace point is 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 from that period in 1981 yeah uh when i was a freshman this church started as parkland baptist yeah. church yeah. berkeley and oakland parkland baptist church mm-hmm. i was a freshman in 81 this church mm-hmm. started in 81 but i didn't join until 80 88 wow january of Seven 88 years. we were recently married uh 87 and we decided that you know we went to a korean church uh and uh, we decided, well, we need better discipleship. We need people to mentor us. Mm. And um, I, I had known the leaders and, wow. and my friends at uh, Barkland and had lots of admiration for the church. Uh, I was I was involved in uh, youth ministry, and so I felt really obligated. For, I started in, when I was in college, and it just continued. And so we joined the church in 80, 88. Um, mm-hmm. It's getting long already. No, Man. no, no, it's, no it's good, it's good. Uh, so, yeah, so then... Um, yeah, so I was I was uh, working as a corporate lawyer in San Francisco in a big firm. Kelly was a coder before coders became really cool. <laughs> uh, working for Sun Microsystems, wow. we lived. In, that's why we lived in Alameda. Okay. We're the only ones living in Alameda because she had a commute down to the South Bay. Mm. And um, so, and we're just lay leaders. Um, and one day I looked at uh, what I was doing at the law firm, uh-huh. and like I had this moment. I was representing clients like Bechtel and Kaiser. They wow. really didn't need little Ed Kang <laughs> working on their stuff. Whereas back at at church, uh, you know, and that was right when we were shifting into all all English. Oh, yeah. Okay. So right we, around we, we weren't eighty eight. We no, we were a Korean English Korean English speaking. Oh, Korean. Culture, <laughs> yeah. Baptist I actually, Church. I didn't actually know we spoke Korean. So oh, no, it was it was exclusively Korean speaking. Oh, wow. We're okay. a Korean speaking church. Okay, oh, they were that. And then, um, yeah, when we joined in '88, uh, actually, correct that we were still largely a Korean speaking church, okay. but we had started an English speaking ministry, mm-hmm. which I think by like 1990 became completely exclusively English speaking. Mm-hmm. But we're always a collegiate church. Mm-hmm. So, um, so anyway, so we joined in 88, uh, we started, um, teaching Bible and, you know, right around uh, in a, in a couple of years. Uh, so I guess it was in 93 when I, when I finally decided to, uh, leave law mm. and do, do this full time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my own calling story is very different from your typical, like, mm-hmm. how did God call you into the ministry? Mm-hmm. And there's a certain story, uh, that you're supposed to have of like strong impression or, or something like that. And I never heard a voice or there, there was nothing like that. Mm. Uh, what it was, was I kind of looked around and um, I was the leader, you know, <laughs> like somebody's got to lead this thing. We're, we're, a, we're a poor, my first salary was $200 a month. Uh-huh. We're a poor church. So everybody was bivocational. Cause yeah. if you're in collegiate ministry, that's yeah. what you're going to do. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then you had a you had a friend who said something to you. I think that kind of triggered the thought, right? The thing about oh like, yes, I had a really good friend who is a pastor in New York right hmm. now, uh, Danny Lee. And uh, Danny said to me one day, and he was an engineer, hmm. uh, but he he would say these like provocative things to me, <laughs> uh, and um, he said, "Hey, um, if you became a pastor and I became a pastor and all of our friends became pastors." Because we're all like lay ministers, right? Yeah. Kind of loving on younger brothers. 
uh, best as we could with our day jobs. He said, that still wouldn't be enough pastors. Wow. I, said, I said, yeah, you're right. Uh, and I think the world that we were looking at, it's, it's not like America, it's certainly not the world. What we're looking at is this growing group of uh-huh. English-speaking, American-born, second generation, and at that point it was Koreans. And we looked around and none of us, and by us, mm. I mean English-speaking uh, older ones. Yeah. And we were rare. Like most of my friends were way more comfortable in Korean. Oh. So Danny and I were, were sort of the rare breeds. And he said, if all of us became pastors, that wouldn't be enough. Meaning there, there, there are so many of these um, Korean, yeah. you know, kids that we can, I say kids, but you know, younger brothers. Yeah. And so I said, no, that wouldn't be enough. And he said, okay, then why aren't we doing it? Mm. <laughs> and, and my only answer was the salary, man. <laughs> and it's like, hey, I worked hard for this job. <laughs> Went to law school, you know. Um, so that really convicted me. Mm. Um, so it was 93, I became uh, a full-time. And, and when did um, he go full-time? He went full-time. Years later. Years he, later. Man, he, he held up. <laughs> he but, said that and then he like, like a good yeah. friend. He, he made you jump first. Interesting. He, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I was an older brother that he looked up to because mm. then he quit his uh, engineering job, became a lawyer. He became a way better lawyer than I was. Oh. It was actually oh, he was a, an engineer. A litigator. Yeah, he was an engineer. He was an unhappy engineer. Uh, anyway, so he went to law school. Uh, and then, and then he went to, um, and then he became full time. Mm. So I, th- I think he became, uh, he went into full time ministry maybe ten years after me, probably. <laughs> wow. I don't know. I forgot the timing. Um, so, uh, so, um, make a long story short. Ninety three, uh, I find myself going full time and in charge of the college ministry at mm-hmm. Berkeley. Mm-hmm. And then in nineteen ninety four, what's the question? How did I become? No, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. How did well, you become even, the even going full time? Yeah. Like, there's that story with Kelly, Kelly like. What she said to you in the car. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, my wife, Kelly, she is the, um, she, she's, um, she's a PK, uh, yeah. not a typical PK, because she was, she was really a goody two-shoes PK. A lot of PKs, like, I was a goody two-shoes you know, PK. they, good. yeah, but a lot of PKs, <laughs> like, they sin like they invented it, you know. Um, so, yeah. but um, her thing, and I think my thing, and probably a lot of us who grew up, um, financially struggling in the immigrant mm. uh, era. Yeah. Um, you know, our whole thing was uh, just getting a foothold in America that we saw our parents work so hard for. And so mm-hmm. her, her thing was, God, I'll, I'll serve you whatever, but not a, not, not a pastor's wife. <laughs> so, so we're visiting our friend uh, who was living uh, on campus at Golden Gate Baptist Seminary. And I still remember the little section of the, of the road between uh, 101 and uh, between 80 and 101 where she said, in a, in a grudging way, hey, if you want to go into full-time ministry, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Uh, that, that was, but she initiated because I was struggling with it. I was thinking about it. It was mm. such a relief yeah. when she said that. And it became very clear. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Wow. So uh, back to your question. So I was leading the, the ministry at Berkeley, the mm-hmm. college. Uh, we had a, another bro, a friend of mine, leading the what we now call Praxis, the post-college. Okay. Back then, we're a lot more college-heavy. Mm-hmm. And then anybody who graduated college, they would, get, they would become college staff mm-hmm. or they would go and become Praxis. And Don't because it was led by someone else and the relationship was with us, then it was um, – it, I think a lot of people felt that as a rejection, like you didn't make the cut, mm-hmm. you know. And so that was unhappy for them. It was definitely unhappy for oh, my yeah, friend who's leading this ministry. Yeah. And people come and say, you know, please pray for me. I'm bitter that I couldn't make it on college team. And oh. he's like, what? What am I? You yeah. know? <laughs> uh, uh, he, he eventually went to, mm-hmm. on to plant a, a church in uh, San Jose and L.A., mm-hmm. uh, leaving uh, the whole Berkeley church to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Um, I guess uh, the so Berkland. That, that time you were leading the English college, the Praxis, and Korean? Was Korean still around? Yeah, well, that's a whole other story. Okay, so well, we although, be, yeah. although we're a Korean-speaking Korean church, there was another Korean congregation that uh-huh. had started in the mid-'90s, uh-huh. not mid-'90s, mid-'80s, uh-huh. and that was reaching out to – so it's sort of like our international ministry, right? They were, they were oh, reaching out to okay. Korean graduate students. Oh, okay, and so okay. as we became more English, they became the more, more Korean. Mm. So then the Korean side of it continued. Uh, okay. And and that was led sure. by someone else. So we were kind of maybe two congregations in parallel. Um, unlike a lot of immigrant church situations, the English side became more dominant and more financially. Mm. Uh, we, we and we eventually got to the point where we uh, were supporting the Korean congregation financially for a while. Got it. Um, yeah. And then um, and then 2006, the Berkland Network um, all sort of became autonomous mm-hmm. by mutual agreement. 
Uh, and from an objective church world perspective, it was very civil. Mm. From an emotional perspective, it was like we were all torn apart mm. uh, because we had pledged to bury our bones together and mm. we're all close friends. And uh, we had to break up for reasons that, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily want to go right. get into. I mean, I don't mind talking about it, but it, it involves other people and I'd rather not. Okay. Uh, but it was uh, it, it started out as a classic church split in a way. Uh, because um, two churches, three churches, the Davis Church, the Berkeley Church, and the San Jose Church, because uh, at, at that point we're a network of um, about maybe seven churches, oh. uh, and uh, we, um, uh, we we had some concerns with the overall direction and leadership of the church, mm. and so it was decided that uh, instead of fighting that out, that we would just go autonomous in 2006. Mm-hmm. So that would have been the 25th anniversary uh, of the Berkeley movement mm. and then everybody else took on different names. And that's, that's when we took on the name Grace Point. Got it. Got it. Wow. Yeah. And then we, we, you know, in, in our other podcasts, we've kind of, the rest is history. We've talked about that a yep. little bit, but I think that was really enlightening. That, that was really helpful. So yeah. Do you want to, yeah, yeah. So, um, the kind of main agenda for today is, um, we're calling this, uh, kind of pastor Ed, pastor Ed reacts, reacts to, to instances of ministry <laughs> malpractice. <laughs> They didn't warn me about this. Yeah, so. <laughs> let me let me just kind of back up and explain a little sure. bit about why so this was my idea. Um and I would say I don't know this for a fact. I've never actually asked you about this, Dad, but um it probably like if you had to name the number one and number two critics of our ministry <laughs> within our church. I'm guessing that would be me number two and my brother number one, probably. <laughs> right? Would that you, would you say that's pretty accurate? That's pretty accurate. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. Just in terms and, of sheer and volume. And I don't see yeah. I don't see a close third. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's Anna, like, maybe our sister yeah. maybe? Okay. No, she's too kind. And she lets <laughs> yeah, you guys she, do all, all of the, she, all I know, the criticism. No, yeah, she makes us say stuff. But yeah. anyway, so um I mean I don't know if people know that, but yeah, I mean like I'm we're both just critical fellows. I mean we got it from somewhere, but um, yeah, that, that's what we're like. And, uh, and constitutionally rebellious, constitutionally which you rebellious. definitely got from me. Yeah, and um, and kind of just up in arms type of folks. And we like yep. to, you know, when we see something like, well, what the heck happened here? And we like to bring things up. So, yeah, I, I mean, so I've had this experience a lot of I hear about something. Usually it's not to me. Sometimes it's to me, but sometimes it's like a friend or someone else I know experiences. And I, I, I'm like, what the heck? What happened here? And I go to you. And I'm like, why do we do things this way? And then I'm, I was, at least the first couple of times I did that, I was surprised to hear from you like, what? That happened? You know? <laughs> and it was like, oh, like, because my assumption is always just, I don't know, you, you like see kind of, kind of institution and you just assume yeah. that it's kind of this monolithic thing yeah. that, you know, has all its gears in order and everything happens for a reason and it all is traceable back to some systemic issue or kind of the top lead. And I think part of my maturation process and part of the reason I'm still around is because I kind of figured out, oh, okay, that's, that's not how it is. Like, reality is more complex than that. And, um, like, even the top leader of an organization doesn't necessarily – not everything happens according to their will. I mean, even in this world, <laughs> that seems so obvious. I mean, I don't want to get but, theological, but like, even God's will is resisted in this world, right? So yeah, well, so, well, that, that, that's that's the interesting thing. Um, I think uh, I, I've heard that people think that I'm a dictator and like everything happens under my watch. And you know, as a leader, I got to own all of it, of course. You know, mm-hmm. that's part of what it means to be a leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, if um, yeah, so. Maybe like man, I wish you know, uh, but that, that's that's not like we're not that I guess uh, well run of an organization, you know. And uh, I focus a lot on culture and ethos, mm. and um, I don't like rules, I don't like policies, and I, I know I've said this to many people. I think I've said it openly to like mm. like our whole church. Uh, there are aspects of our church I really don't like, and uh, and I and I've said in, in exasperation, look. If I came to this church as a freshman, I wouldn't last. I'd leave. Uh, can we please? Like, so it's ironic. And, and then um, and then I started to kind of realize something else. It's like, why isn't this church uh, in my image? <laughs> and I thought, um, that's good. Because uh, it's not in my image. Uh, this is not the church uh, that would suit me. Both as a leader and as a member, mm-hmm. and um, I think a lot of that has to do with um, my high regard for female voices and female leadership, mm-hmm. and um, and my sensitivity to uh, my own very narrow culture. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, 
I'm a baby boomer Korean male, <laughs> you know? And uh, you want that church? Well, maybe to some extent we have aspects of, that, of yeah. our church that is that church mm. because that's, those are our roots. But I've tried very hard to be self-aware, not to make sure that, like, try not to put my stamp on this church too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, like, you know, do I get my way if I really want? I think so. Mm. I don't think anybody would oppose me at the end of the day, mm. which is why I don't express a whole lot of preferences a lot, and <laughs> our decision-making processes has become laborious mm. uh, because I want to hear from it's everybody. True. That is true. It takes yeah. a long time. It takes yeah. so long. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, Noah, would, Noah would oppose you. Though. Yeah. Yeah. That's we, the one person who would oppose Yeah, and you know, like if I start not making sense because I, I start to get dementia, I can count on Noah to tackle me from the pulpit <laughs> and make me retire. So that's, that's so comforting. That's yeah. good. Yeah, so, so I, I love think, Noah. I think my goal here for today, because, yeah, I, I think that's helpful. Um, not not to, like you said, like as leaders, we have to own whatever happens in our ministry. At the end of the day, it, it, it comes back to us as leaders, and I think that's just good leadership. Um, but so, so the goal of today is not to say like, "Hey, don't blame Pastor Ed for this." It's not on him. It's <laughs> not the goal. The yeah. goal today is yeah. to just kind of see that okay, these are the inner workings of our church, or yeah. these are some things that happen in our church, and that is that, and that's something we need to change, you mm-hmm. know, and that we're open to changing. And Pastor Ed himself will say, "I am Pastor Ed, and I do not approve this message." You know? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So some we, of these yeah. things. So right. we, we've um, actually collected a few stories. Oh, gosh, and okay. they, they range. I, I, I want to hear your yeah. like. We haven't we haven't primed him about these. We haven't no, warned you about the know. content yet. But we're right. just going to share some stories about ministry malpractice. That's that's kind of an internal term. I don't yeah. know if like that's a term I don't out think there. Wider Christian. Yeah, and it's not like word. yeah. Anyway, but this is kind of just anything ranging from like kind of the silly and the facetious to like kind of the more serious stuff. So I just want to start out with like a fun one. You may have heard this one before already, but I'm just I'm just going to explain the scenario and then you just give us your reaction, okay? Right. So, um and these are all we have gotten permission from these people to to share these stories. Oh, um, you actually from, know the people. Yeah, yeah they're all oh, from yeah, people yeah. within these, our these, church. Oh, okay. Um, these are not like We lives. we were thinking about, you know, Did doing they like confess to these or you heard of oh, them yeah, and you these stories that get people, We asked oh, people okay. to yeah. either volunteer their stories or it's stories of like close friends of ours, who, okay. you know, who knows. So, um yeah, so 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 this, this is we're gonna start with a fun one, okay. um, which I think kind of just sort of sets the scene. So this is kind of the sort of thing that could be counted as ministry malpractice. So um, one of our friends actually uh, has a story about how when he was so he came into our church as a non-Christian yep. freshman, and I think at the point of the story he was still a non-Christian. No, actually, he was, yeah, I, I, he was yeah. not a Christian at this time, and it was a post-freshman year camping trip with their home group. And on this camping trip, the leader of that trip said, "Hey guys, let's do a game. Let's find the strongest brother." Right, and then so he, so he they, gave everyone milk jugs milk full jugs. of water, and they held it out like this. So if you, if you're listening, you know Straight they held it out, out, you know, like bodies like a yeah. T, with the milk jugs on either hand, and see who can hold it up the longest, right? And then afterwards, you know, the sisters wanted to do it too, so they did strongest sister as well, and you know, and of course among the brothers there was someone who went down the first. So yeah. not only did you find the strongest brother, and nobody <laughs> remembers to this day who the strongest <clears throat> brother was, but everyone remembers today who the, who weakest, the weakest brother was, because <laughs> at the end of that contest, the leader of that camping trip said, okay. Let's have arm wrestling between strongest sister and weakest brother. <laughs> and I think there, like some people were like, yeah. And some people were like, I don't think this yeah, is a good idea. No, no, no. I don't think this is a good idea. Bad. But those voices were drowned out by the, by the roar of approval. Yeah, it was sort of yeah. a mob mentality moment. Get him. Yeah. Get and him. this sister who is actually like a black belt in Taekwondo and she, yeah. she's, she's, she's strong. She's I know strong. for a fact. Um, and uh, uh, basically, she she worked this this she freshman did. guy. She was a rising senior. He was a Ooh. freshman, and um, she just she just worked she just him. Destroyed and him. I heard he went of, to in front of everybody. Yeah, yeah. that's a that's and a lapse of judgment. Lapse of judgment. Yeah. Okay, just caught up in the moment. Yeah, create something. You know, and all is forgiven. Yeah. He yeah. apologized later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we always say, you know, play the movie, play the movie. Yeah, yeah. Before you do something. So we're gonna ramp it up now a little bit in seriousness. So this next one, do you want to explain? Yeah, sure. So this one is, you know, our our church has become really like zealous in terms of reaching out to people, right? And and just. Um, yeah, wanting people to come and, and hear the gospel and all that stuff, right? And so um, this this one actually traces back before like cell phones and all that. Um, and the dorms at Berkeley used to have you know phones Land and, and landlines. 
Um, for those of you who don't know, that's like a phone that's connected to the it's wall. Like an iPhone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a cord. You, you can't use it. it you can't work. take it with you. Um, and the, the phone numbers are tied to the room numbers, right? Mm-hmm. And, and in ascending order and, and whatnot. So you know, you know what the phone numbers are. And this particular staff was trying to contact a freshman, invite him out, and call his number and couldn't reach him, right? And so most of us would be like, "All right, you know, I tried," but this staff being very, you know, zealous starts calling the neighboring rooms. And because it's, you know, ascending order, he knows, right? Calls, calls, and maybe about my, I, I think it was like the fourth door down, he gets someone to pick up and he goes, hi, you don't know me, but I'm so-and-so and I'm trying to reach <laughs> this guy. Can you go and knock on his door and, you know, see if he's there, call him back, that, that sort of thing. So. Well, okay, I guess two questions about that. Well, first, was that common practice? <laughs> and if not, yeah, what, is, what would you tell that staff? Gosh, no, that was not common practice. Okay, that, was, that was not common practice. I, I, like in the world, I don't think that was common <laughs> okay, practice. Because yeah, yeah. um, uh, so, we don't remember um, the landline days. No. So. Okay, so I know this story. And, um, you know, Manny has gone on to become <laughs> a, a, very, a very fruitful leader, you know, yeah, since yeah, that yeah, time. He's, he's our leader now. Uh, uh, but um, what, what was troubling to me was this story was circulating as a as an inspiring example of <laughs> really? perseverance. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so then I had to publicly throw cold water on this. Wow. Okay, the result was that Ander is still here. <laughs> that was, it was Ander? It was oh, wow. Ander. I'm learning so wow. many things. About I Dark Knight Legion. <laughs> and so, yeah, so, so it's, it's sort of like, you know, what to, what to uphold based on the result. But yeah. wait, like that result might have been okay, but like don't do this. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> good method. Yeah. Yeah. And the ends don't justify the means. Yeah. I had yeah. no idea that that was Andrew. Okay, no wow. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Wow. Okay. Wow. All right. Moving on to the second one. Um, okay. So yeah, like I said, we're kind of ramping up the the cringe and the pain. But don't worry, this person is also still around. Thankfully, praise the Lord. Praise the um, Lord. We should but, do a series called like "How Are You Still Here?" Yeah, yeah. I think we should like do that. another series. Know. Like, why mm. are you still here? Anyway. Mm. Um, so this girl came from a fairly, pretty much totally unchurched background. Is that right? Um, to pretty yep. much unchurched background, and um, it was one of her first events, like first year, and um, she got the commitment card. You know, we do commitment cards at you know retreats and things like that, where it's if you want to become a Christian. You know, there's different options. There's you know, I want to make Jesus Lord and Savior of my life. Mm-hmm. I want to rededicate. I want to find out more about seeking. Christianity. Yeah. And she was a newcomer. She had no idea she what these know. options meant, like, what? <laughs> and so she just was like, "Oh, it's weird." She didn't fill that out. I think she like wrote her name on the card and then left it blank. The rest of it blank, mm-hmm. and then um, her leader, who we do not know who this is, so don't. so mm-hmm. don't worry about that. Um, we've we've kept their identity secret even from us. Um, but her leader pulled her aside, took her aside room, into right. a room, and said, "said like, hey, like, you like, just blank, you know." Yeah. She's like, are you ready to become a Christian? She said, hey, are you ready to become a Christian? And this girl said, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, I don't even know what this means. Yeah. Like, what is this? And but you can imagine that it's like really high pressure. Yeah, I don't actually situation. know how that resolved. Hopefully it yeah. just ended right there. But yeah, <laughs> literally. So pulling aside to the room saying, hey, are you ready to become Christian? How come you didn't fill out this card? Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, I, can, I can say with a fair amount of confidence, I know that that's not common practice no. anymore. But again, kind of... How would you react if, if someone told you this is what they did in the staff meeting or, or something like that? What would be your response to that? Have you heard of this story before? No, I, okay. I haven't heard it. But okay. you know what? I mean, this sort of thing probably happens a lot. Okay. Mm. This sort of thing, like over-eager, um, oh, somebody filled out a card, mm. you know? Maybe they meant to check off this box, mm. you know? Like, wow, you did, I want to I wanna follow up, mm. you know? Uh, Half the time that people say, I want to follow up, I say, don't. Mm. <laughs> Please don't follow up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just said something. I, I, I don't really mean for somebody to follow up, you know, unless mm-hmm. it's a cry for help or like, you know, somebody's really saying something. So anyway, I think, I think that's a, I don't like that word, follow up. Mm. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm getting, I'm going off now. So going back to that, that room where you, um, yeah, I think that's low EQ. It's failure to see what that must feel like mm-hmm. uh, from the receiving end. It's over-eager. Mm. Um, but, you know, I can tell this this leader would have felt like, wow, there's something special happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to, yeah. It's, so. it's like really, it is well-intentioned. The situation. It's well-intentioned, but it's just sort of, yeah. like, oh, you didn't. Well, I mean, I'm saying it's well intentioned because I know that our staff are well intentioned. But That's if you true. if you just zoom in in that room to that that's room, 
not it's what it feels like. Yeah, it could, it could also be spun as pretty creepy. Yeah. Pretty uh-huh. heavy-handed, you know? I mean, yeah. I think I think in some ways, like, speaking to that whole salvation decision thing, like, we really celebrate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we think we make a big deal uh, of salvation, obviously. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, that, that if you're a Christian versus if you're not a Christian, like, it, it makes, like, that's a huge thing. Uh, but because it's so important and precious, uh, we, we, I think, go out of our way to uh, dial down the social pressure around that. Yeah. Like, hey, make sure you're okay. Are you sure? You want to think about it? Mm. Why don't you write down your thoughts? Um, and that wasn't the case um, during those times when typical to Southern Baptist tradition, mm. we would have a quote-unquote altar call every Sunday. Mm. And people would come up and and there would be that decision time, yeah. you know, and to bring people to a crisis of decision where mm-hmm. they have to, like, choose Jesus, you mm-hmm. know, come to Jesus. Yeah. And uh, that's, we, just not just, that's not just Southern Baptist. I mean, I, I went to Charismatic, like, you know, and yeah. that, we did that, too. You know? every, yeah. every Sunday you guys um, say, Not every Sunday, but fairly often, mm-hmm. yeah, just there was some yeah. way to respond. And, yeah. and, and I think that's healthy in all sorts of ways. I think mm-hmm. I miss that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the modern-day, like, seeker-driven service where it has mm-hmm. to be very slick and, like, end right there. Mm-hmm. You know, when I go to Charismatic churches and they just have a worship set that's for like an hour and a half and people <laughs> yeah. trickle out and the lights are sort of dim and yeah. some people pray and then it leads to like kind of talking here and there. I yeah. love that. And we, we have that after retreat sometimes. But anyway, going back to, yeah. So, yeah, overeager um, and, you know, high pressure. Uh, I don't think we know that, that that's what we're doing at times, but I think we do plenty. And I'm, I'm sure that sort of stuff happens nowadays too. Oof. Ouch. Ouch. All right. All well, right. let's move on. Similar uh, similar to the, the whole follow-up thing, let's let's talk about this one. Yeah. Um, so uh, we've heard a couple of stories similar to this, but basically the details of this one um, where there was a form uh, for church planting, you know, yeah. to sign and up. That's how we get people to sign up uh, volunteers, like the yeah. Google form. We send out an interest form saying, hey, would you be interested in potentially going out on a church plant? You know, that's how we formed our teams yeah. and things. Um, but this particular person talks about how after that form went out, they didn't feel ready, didn't fill it out, uh, and they got a text saying, hey, could you come over and could we talk? And their leader invited them to their home, mm-hmm. and they had a talk. And it wasn't like a rebuke. It wasn't like shouting or anything, but they asked, you know, how come you didn't, how sign, come up? You didn't sign up? And the person yeah. said, uh, I, oh, I just didn't feel ready. You know, I don't feel yeah. ready at this time to go on a church plant. And the leader basically uh, said, you know what? Something I, to the effect of. I think you're staying here uh, out of a desire for comfort and out of a desire to keep your well-paying job here job. in the Bay. Um, so can you just react to that, please? Sorry. <laughs> okay, so here I am thinking everybody's volunteering, but that's, that's, that's the sort of thing that goes on. Um, I think for the most part, um, the spirit of our church planting is people do sign up uh, voluntarily, and um, and then when the form closes, I get like tons of emails saying, "I was just still thinking about it. Can you reopen the the, yeah, the form?" Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, so I think by and large, it is it is what it seems to be on the surface. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I put in a you know I designed those forms and I, and I put in all these um, outs, mm. you know like um, so. Like we say, oh, yeah. people volunteer, but um, people say, so one of the choices is like, send me out, I'm ready to go, yeah, no yeah. reservations. <laughs> and, and, and then another choice is like, um, I'm willing to go as part of my commitment to Christ. So like, <laughs> yeah. okay, well, that, 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 that could be, you know, you could, it depends on the tone, right? Yeah. That one, like, yeah, I'm willing to go, you know, or yeah, I'm willing to go. And then third is like, I have some concerns, but I'm willing to go or, you, you know, <laughs> yeah. so and then and then state your concerns. And then those concerns could be job, could be aging parents, could be, uh, you know, like I really try to break into this field and I just got a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wouldn't be good good time for me to leave. Like mm-hmm. so all of those those reasons are taken seriously into account, mm-hmm. especially the like I just got a tech job as an English major. I finally got a tech <laughs> yeah, job. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, you stay. You stay. You know, like uh, me and my wife are trying to conceive. We're in the mm. middle of, uh, you know, some kind of treatment around that. Oh, no, you stay. Mm. Uh, you know, my parents are in and out of the hospital right now, and they live in San Jose, like, or they live nearby. Okay, you stay. So there's there's a lot of reasons why people, like, you know, I, I'm reaching out to a bunch of students, and they're, they're irregular, but they're really coming around. Mm. Okay, you stay. Um, we So anyway, going back to this, 
like calling somebody in and saying like, hey, you should, why, why didn't you sign up? Um, like, again, they, I guess it depends on the relationship. Like, wow, I thought you, you're, you're eager to sign up. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised you didn't. So mm-hmm. it could be that kind of conversation. But then, but then to carry that to a, a sort of an accusation, like it's because you want to hold on to your, like what if that's true, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, you, you kind of think you know people, so, like, I know you, like, you, you know. <laughs> okay, what if that's true? As a leader to do that, um, like, I think as a friend to do that, hey, I thought we were going to go on a church plant together. Like, you just, you're just holding on to that job because there are stock options, like, in two years, right? Mm. You know, mm. like, friends can accuse each other of that. Like, yeah. no, shut up. What do you know? Like, yeah, yeah. They're, because it's an equal relationship. Parody. So you can, yeah, yeah. You can push back. But for, but for a leader to do that. Yeah, I feel very uncomfortable about that. Yeah. I don't think that should have happened. So back in the days, going back to the altar call, people do this a lot. Um, I'm, I'm not going to necessarily say it's sister leaders all the time. <laughs> I'm not going to necessarily say that. Uh, but um, So there would be, quote, unquote, a perfect message uh-huh. for somebody. Yeah. Because yeah. we were talking about it and, like, you were struggling with, you know, your source of significance and whatever. And here was a message. You know, on the Samaritan woman. Mm-hmm. And as a leader, like, I'm so expecting you to soak that message in yeah. and respond. Mm-hmm. But alas, you know, there's uh-huh. no response. Uh-huh. And the, by response, I mean, like she didn't come forward, forward right? Mm-hmm. We used to have 40 people come forward uh, and, and everybody gets prayed for. So then the service ends, but it doesn't end until the last person gets prayed for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but anyway, so all the leaders are eagerly waiting. So, okay, that didn't happen. And then they would follow up. Mm. There's that word again. And I'm like, no wonder so many people are coming out, right? Because if you get talked to, even in the sweetest, oh, did you? What did you think about that? Like, because you didn't really respond. Uh-huh. Even if that's what happened, what does that do? It ruins all future rededication right, times, right. all future altar calls. Really because oh, now it's about oh, is this relevant to me? Because then I should come out. Um, so, the, so then you're ruining it, mm. right? So, so there's this sort of you're setting a precedent. You're you're kind of affecting the. So I would I would say don't follow up. Don't ever talk to anybody about why they didn't come mm. forward. Maybe they fell asleep. You know, <laughs> I always yes. say I'm actually a preacher that's very forgiving about people falling asleep. <laughs> I am because because people fall asleep at the wheel mm. and they could die, <laughs> right? So that's so surprising. Yeah, like, it, 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 it's such a comfortable and you know like. High CO two levels, people feel <laughs> sleepy. Anyway, uh, is that why we got rid of those? Yeah, because I remember, I remember those times when we used to have it every Sunday. But yeah, that, I think our freshman year it still freshman happened every year. Now and then. It was yeah, you know, w- we got rid of it partially because of that, uh, partially because it would uh, just kind of freak out people yeah, yeah. Uh, who are here for the first church. time, and then. There are people in the front, and they're being prayed over, and we kind of pray Korean style. Yeah, we used style. to do the full prone where you get on your hands and knees and pray yeah. like this. Yeah, and yeah. And pray. yeah, yeah. It, was, it was kind of weird. No, yeah. I, I appreciated some of those things we did out of consideration for, like, the non-Christians coming. Because mm-hmm. I, I didn't even know that, like, doing, like, praise songs could make them feel uncomfortable. Like, what is this mass karaoke? You know, I, I came from, like, I was leading praise and everything, so I thought that was normal. Yeah, we think that's the most natural thing. You <laughs> think about it. Who looks at a screen and sings yeah. together? <laughs> Yeah, nobody does that. That's true. That. Nobody yeah, sure. does that. Yeah, yeah. And we think Let's it's the most concert. natural thing. Kind of, so kind of one follow up question from th- this scenario. So, I have heard you at staff meetings and in public, kind of say stuff like this, like don't follow up on it's things like this, in. and and th- yeah, I've heard it's opt in, like don't follow. And yet, I would say the practice persists. What is your best? theory about why people keep doing these kind of things like is, is it just they um, think they're the exception I think, or? yeah you know if if what drives people to do do this um is is, is something like it, it, they're driven to do it so mm-hmm. so the thinking and the training mm-hmm. like oh yeah i shouldn't do it i should play the movie what does this look like mm-hmm. how could this be misinterpreted like those filters aren't there when you're in the moment right mm-hmm. so like people lose their tempers they know that's bad and yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll they'll still do it because they're in the moment and feeling this i think what they're feeling is insecurity mm-hmm. and uh maybe uh over eager sincere mm-hmm. desire for the good of somebody mm-hmm. right and that's why I think it's kind of ooh, a mix I'm going to get in trouble yeah. for saying this. Should I just say no? You know, I should just say this. Like you know, mm. and that's why sisters do this more. <laughs> mm. yeah. guys, guys don't really think about that because well. guys prize yeah. leaving each other alone. That's true. At a level yeah, that right. most women just don't understand. Mm. Uh, so anyway, and well, that's I, why that's why this yeah. kind of ministry goes over. Yeah. 
relatively okay too, because oh, you care about me. Yeah. Like they'll interpret it like that. But I think in the moment, it's and then so the incentive structure, uh, I think is 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 sort of what's at stake too, uh, what's at play too, because, um, like I I want people to make spiritual progress right. under and, my leadership. Yeah, yeah. and the, and then that makes me that validates me as a leader, mm. and uh, you know everybody struggles with that. I mean I want people to be quote unquote blessed by my mes- message mm. because that validates me mm. as as a preacher, and that makes me want to put together like a good message, mm-hmm. right? So it's not that. We don't want to live in a incentive-free world. It's just that <laughs> some of these in- incentives can create mm-hmm. these kinds of like blundery, kind of clumsy ministry. Yeah. And I, I, you know, going back to what you were saying earlier about precedent too, it's kind of like you tend to lead people the way that you were led as well. You know, yeah. And so like, yeah, and it's hard to unlearn those things. because yeah. it, it was really beneficial for you, and then like, you know, but then now it's 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 like a different generation, a different culture, attitudes, everything's changed. But you're just sort of like, well, that was done to me and it was good. And someone did this yeah. Person, so so right? to go back to the Manny and Ender like <laughs> example, <laughs> yeah. like Ender Ender will say like, oh yeah, you know, uh, Manny didn't leave me alone. Like, he pestered <laughs> me. He called me seven times a week, and that, and I'm so glad he did. I'm just making this up. I don't know if that happened. Um, let's say yeah yeah. And then he says, well, that's what I'm gonna do because mm-hmm. man, that was good for me. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that might have been good for you, yeah. but what about all the other people who who voted with their feet and yeah. whose voices are not here? Right. And in meetings, I consider it one of my roles is to represent them, yeah. you know, because <laughs> they don't have a voice. That's a, yeah. that's a really good word for all leaders, actually, to represent the people not in the room. Mm. Like that's that's mm. gold. Well, because because you know, personal personal stories are so powerful. Yeah. And so, oh yeah, like when this person. Uh, I ignored their text for, you know, five weeks, and then they finally came to my door and somehow got into the dorm and knocked on my door. <laughs> then I realized, oh, I feel really loved. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's keep doing that. You know, it's like, no, what about all the people that oh, would, be, would be freaked out by that and be scared? Yeah. Like, they're not there. Their voices aren't. Just, so we, we select for the people uh, who have responded to our style of ministry, mm-hmm. and so we keep repeating it. Like, maybe not a good idea, you know, mm-hmm. not necessarily. The... Uh, should we, yeah, should we move good. on to the next one? Yeah. Well, okay. yeah. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Okay, so uh, we we're, we're nearing more. our end. Two more. Um, so this one is um, one of our one of our, another one of our friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a church plant lead now. <laughs> so he's good. He's this, fine. Uh, he's yeah. good, but he, this was his junior year, and he had just – he had been under one small group leader freshman and sophomore year, and as a junior, he went under this other leader, and uh, it was at a retreat, and they were sharing. And, it's one of those uh, moments where it's like, wow. Like, again, it, it was like a good retreat. People had uh, been convicted, yeah. and um, – Everyone was going around and sharing like vulnerable stuff, right? Kind of like they were sharing their sins and sort of it was clear that kind of, okay, the expectation here is that you're going to open up and be vulnerable. And then when it got to this particular guy, um, he he was having trouble and he, he, he was being really kind of vague and he didn't unclear. Want to, he didn't and, want to share vulnerability. Uh, <laughs> I think he just did. Yeah, yeah, he says he just didn't want to share vulnerability. So he, he was having trouble kind of saying anything. And then at a certain point, his leader at the time. This um, new leader. That this new leader jumped in and said, the reason you're having so much trouble, I, I don't know the yeah. exact words, but something along the lines of the reason you're having so much trouble is I think it's just because you're proud. In front of everyone else in the group, like it's just your mm, pride yeah. and you just, you just don't want to be honest because you're proud and then he made him go and read the book out of the depths and reflect on that after that Um, so they're both still around they're good friends Uh, we had breakfast with both of them this morning (laughs) we talked with both of them about this but (laughs) they laughed about it (laughs) yeah we laugh about it now but what is your uh, what is your reaction to that one that one have you heard you haven't heard that one right I've never heard that one okay Mm. Uh, I've never heard that one and wow um so vulnerable sharing, uh, you know. Maybe maybe we should maybe I should do a series of rants about <laughs> sharing about sharing vulnerable sharing. You, you know, mm. there are a lot of things that are really good that are that are so good that it can never be forced. Mm. You know, and uh, I've always found guys share not when they're face to face, but when they're side by side. Yeah, and. Uh, that's why I don't do sharing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why when I gather even with you guys, I don't. Frankly, I just don't want to hear it. That's <laughs> <laughs> why. No, I, I really don't want to hear it because I think it's so unnatural. Like there are a bunch of people and, um, hey, what'd you get out of the message? Or like, hey, uh, how are you doing? You know, like share. And, um, there's something about that circle. It's just so unnatural. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, we in the church kind of force these like really unnatural things. Now, when there's something supernatural happens, the Holy Spirit hits mm. and everybody's just swept up in it. You know, so I'm not saying I'm not going to privilege only natural and spontaneous and chill. Although I and, I, and but, but I do personality wise. I think that's kind of a personality defect. I don't like open displays of sentimentality. I like, <laughs> I like to keep it understated, you know. <laughs> but anyway, oh gosh, I'm just going off. But no, I, I really, I really think that was a big blunder. I think again, like let's analyze that from the perspective of precedent. Everybody else is learning. Dude, I better share vulnerably yeah. next time, you know. And it's like offering, you know, juicy piece of meat to to a carnivore. It's like I, my, <laughs> oh, le- my leader wants something, and yeah. and what is, what does the leader want? Vulnerability, because what that's an assurance that you're being honest, mm. right? And that you are you are humble. I think what the guy said to him is technically true. If you if you accuse any any bro of pride, you're you're likely to be ninety percent right, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Because it all traces to that. Yeah. You know, um, I, I think it was um, beyond inartful. I, th- I think that was that was bad. Uh, and, and I wouldn't do that. And I would have had problems with somebody doing that, calling somebody out in public like that. I think I would have rescued him right away. Mm. It's like, hey, maybe you don't feel like sharing vulnerably. You know, mm-hmm. not everybody has to. Mm-hmm. And just moved on. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, I, I guess maybe there was a little bit of like, a- anyway. Yeah, don't. So, so the thing about vulnerable sharing is also uh, even in one-on-one settings. Like this was awful because it was after it, it was that in front of, uh, guys, in front of other yeah. people. So it humiliates him, uh, as well as creating this atmosphere for the next time you share. Uh, but even one-on-one, people want quote-unquote vulnerable sharing, and I think that's a, a signal of of I'm being trusted. And I think if you're an insecure leader, you mm-hmm. you wanna you want assurance that, that you're trusted, mm-hmm. and the way you feel trusted is when somebody shares vulnerably. Mm. And because you want that so much, you almost like subtly or maybe not so subtly orchestrate that. Mm. And um, I think it's a bad idea. Mm. It's a bad idea. Mm. Mm. All right, we're gonna move on to the final one here. And this one this one is a little, little different, uh, but it's something that a lot of us look back on who were undergrads at the time as sort of a, kind of it was like a, Epoch defining it, it was, time. Yeah, it was, it was kind of an inflection moment, or it was. Yeah, th- it was. We're, we're talking we about, the, talk the, about the, bro, the Bros Night. You're in the Bros Night. The Bros Night. So yeah, we, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I look back at it with with gratitude personally. Yeah, but, yeah, but I, I, know I that just it was want mixed because I I feel like we've just never talked about it as a church in some ways after that, but we, we talk about it, you know, kind of uh, internally. There, well, there was a lot of like talking about it and just sort of like. Well, that works. Yeah, but I feel like most people have never heard but, from you yeah, on that. Yeah. So, so I'll, yeah. I'll just... I answered a lot of emails about that. Oh, did you really? So, okay. Yeah. So I just kind of go over the details, and I just want kind of maybe like a retrospective on that, just to kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, get your thoughts on it, really. But so at the time, um, we it was when we had started inner high ministry. And so it was all bros Bible study. All bros Bible study. The theme was love Even though even power. high schoolers. Were there yeah, high schoolers all the way up to like the oldest of us. And uh, we had just started the Inner High Ministry. And for those who don't know, Inner High Ministry is this, it's one of our favorite ministries mm-hmm. where we go and provide youth services for churches that uh, can't afford a youth pastor, often ethnic churches where yeah. the, the language of the parents is a different language and, yeah. you know, the kids can't understand often. So we send our own team and we go in and act as their youth leader. Yeah. And uh, so there was this amazing story that had happened because you can't find these Ethnic churches, they don't have websites. Like, it's hard. It's difficult. So we're like, our teams were literally driving and just like walking. Oh, there's, and then just walking out and just introducing themselves. And there's this amazing story of like this woman who was like, I've been praying. You guys are an answer to prayer. And immediately, can you come like right now and lead the game and preach the message yeah. and all that, yeah. right? And it's like, yeah. kind of confirmed for us, like yeah. this is the direction we should and go. S- and since then, we've had so many stories yeah. like that of people yeah. saying we've been praying for our youth. So, yeah. 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 So in the moment, it was it was moving. Yeah. I, we, I remember sitting that, there. I was right. a junior at the Present time. Testimony. We, yeah. We presented it to everyone. And you were sort of explaining the inner high ministry. And at a certain point, you asked something along the lines of like, how many of you would want to help out with this ministry and you know go serve other churches in this way. I think fully expecting that there would be kind of an overwhelming response. And instead, I think the number of hands that went up among the, cause I think you asked the college students, yeah. the number of hands that went up among the college guys was maybe in the single digits. Yeah, I think what, so. what do you think? Maybe, I, maybe I think it was single the digits. teens were single digits. Yeah. And I remember cause I was sitting next to my brother, Noah, who at the time was in high school, him looking around and going, wow, 
that's inspiring. Yeah. Like in this very, and I was like, yeah. "Ooh, it hurt." And I, I want to say, for the record, we both did raise our hands, um, but <laughs> like, we were all feeling it. Like, yeah, we were like, "Oh, that's ooh, what just happened." This yeah, is a really what, moving story, what, and yeah, then no one, no one is responding. Yeah, and then you asked again. Yeah, so you actually you clarified. You, you said, "I'm not saying like right at this moment, but how many?" Maybe of you, you, maybe you're in another ministry serving. Maybe you got like you know right, whatever, like, but but, but you would be interested, like in theory, you know, or, or you know, given if you had time, you would like to, and maybe like another five or. Yeah. Ten yeah, it was, it was maybe you know in a room of hundreds. Team. Yeah, and um, basically you you went off on the room <laughs> and you uh, if that well, that was that was a rebuke. It was a rebuke. You know, yeah. it was it was shouted. It was you know at the whole room and it wasn't very uh, long. It wasn't long. It, wasn't long it was brief. All. It was and, and basically toned down. Yeah, and yeah. rebuked us for for basically just having no heart and lack of love. Um, and the whole theme of the night was love overpowers. Yeah. It was very like the juxtaposition was very clear. Um, and then kind of it, you said, okay, well, we have a RSF reserved after this, which is the gym at Berkeley. So we paid the fee. Let's all go play sports, guys. And these guys like scuttling off. And then you know, most I remember I, I went home with you after that because I ended up. You, me, Noah, and you, we drove home and talked about that. But, um, boy, and it was, man, I, I mean, a lot of people will look back on that and say that was really good for them. I remember, like, our peers gathering and talking about yeah, it, the class below me, like, mm-hmm. gathering and just spontaneously, they just gathered and prayed, like, without the leaders or anything and, and said, kind yeah, of like, gosh, we, like, where is our heart? And yeah. so for a lot of people, it was really good. It and, was. I mean, I thought, I like, thought for, the for reaction, lot, Even for a lot of, like, non-Christians who were there, they were like, whoa, like, that's like, kind of... Yeah, this church takes this seriously. But not everyone took it that way, for sure. Um, there were some people who thought were very offended, thought that was really inappropriate. So I, I just want to ask, like, okay, looking back on that now with the benefit of hindsight, I think that was about, what, 15 years ago? It was probably 2010, 12 so 12 years ago. Years ago. Um, yeah, like, how do you how do you think about that and, like... Would you do the same thing again, or what would you differently, oh, no. maybe? Yeah. That's like a major cringe. It makes me wince every time I think about it. Um, it's one of those moments where I had no idea that's what was going to happen. Mm. I was just so shocked. Mm. And I don't know what happened, because that's not uh, how our church or that group of college students were. I mean, yeah. that's not, I mean, yeah. so you guys were juniors that year? We were juniors. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the very next year as seniors, you guys each started uh, separate, uh, you know, ministry, ministry groups, groups, and there was high morale, mm-hmm. high passion, high commitment, very activistic, yeah. high yeah. volunteerism. Yeah. The class above and below And us, I don't know what, maybe they were shell-shocked, maybe they were just thinking. Uh, some people explained to me later, like, actually it was, I don't know why I didn't raise my hand. Uh, um, a lot of people, um, you know, griped about it. I, I, I know at least one, probably more, uh, left because of that. Uh, and, um, yeah, well, you know, I think um, occasionally pastors um, going very Old Testament prophetic on, <laughs> on the group uh, is actually appropriate. I think rebuke is probably, um, like, most appropriate to, to groups, mm-hmm. you know, kind mm-hmm. of a scriptural rebuke mm-hmm. um, rather than, you know, one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not, not not that one-on-one is completely off the table, but uh, the thing that I regret about that is it wasn't planned. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't uh, thought out. Mm-hmm. I was shocked. Uh, and I think um, because it was a bros night, I think there was this sort of expectation that like we should like go charge up mm. the mountain and like tackle dragons and mm-hmm. and 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 to see this tepid response, mm-hmm. uh, very calculating. Like, mm, can I really do that? But in some ways, it's I guess that people are calculating. Okay, if I'm going to raise my hand, I want to back it up, so I need some time to think. Mm. Uh, I didn't receive it like that, uh, but maybe maybe that's so. It that that. That evening feels surreal to me to this day. Mm. Like I don't know why people didn't respond because our mm. prayer meetings during that time at First Press was very fervent, yeah, and yeah. it's like, yeah. what happened? You know, yeah. was it something about the way I spoke? But then my reaction definitely uh, was was like unwise. Uh, you just see, it's just one of these moments. I yeah, mm-hmm. makes makes me cringe. Mm. Yeah. Oh, sorry for bringing that up. Yeah, yeah thanks a lot. Thankful for your thoughts on that, because yeah. I mean, yeah, That's I mean, not. in retrospect, I, I, yeah, I think it was good for us 
Person, that's my take Personally. on it. Personally, yeah, I, yeah no, I think I, we I were like talking about yeah. this. For a while. I, mean, I mean, like, I didn't yeah. cuss or anything. No, you know, yeah, just, yeah. just it was, for the record, it was just you know. It, yeah. it felt OT profit. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, um, so that's all that we had. We did yeah. want to ask. So, well, um, well, I think, like, just to kind of wrap up that whole mm. stories part, like, we, we talked about sort of the response. We, you know, we got your reaction to it, but I think those reactions kind of captured different levels of response we've had. Like, I mean, we're not a. We're a ministry that is pretty open about those mistakes. We talk about those things, we joke and laugh, but then we learn from it too, right? And so there's like, like what you just demonstrated, a level of personal response to it. Like, you know, and I've had that before just as a leader thinking about going, oh, geez, why did I do that? You know, and kind of personal growth. There's, and then there's things where it's like reflective of our church and like, oh, okay, that has to change like this about is a our whole church. Mm-hmm. And, and then we talk about that, you know, and we, we try and, and there's challenges to actually moving that elephant, you know, steering the ship the right way. Um, and then, um, and so there's kind of different levels of response to that, right? And and I think that's something that people maybe don't appreciate mm. or, or understand is 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 that um, at multiple levels we are responding, you know, and mm-hmm. it's just not sort of like this. It's, it's I don't I don't know what I'm really trying to say, but yeah, it's just, well, I guess maybe one question is: Do you have any thoughts on like kind of as a church? What, what does it look like to, like, grow in these ways? Because a lot of these, like you said, are cultural. It's very kind of visceral, some of it. Some of it is just learned, and there's, like, this been, this thing that gets passed down. and can, Like, how do we as a church kind of improve and just try our best to make sure that these sorts of things don't happen? Like, I know it's a pretty broad question, but do you have any thoughts on I mean, to a certain that? extent, they're, they're always going to happen. Yeah, right? to an extent, people are always like, going to make mistakes. People are always going to be insecure. Oh, man, <sighs> this has gone long, but, man, I, I have multi-level answers to this. So mm-hmm. I think about it a lot, right? Because I wonder, okay, what can we do to change? And um, you know, the, the, these are these are stubborn things to change. Yeah. Uh, low EQ, but man, how do you change that? Right? <laughs> yeah. uh, not reading the other person, not thinking about how does this feel like to be on the receiving end uh, of me. Uh, it's great training. I think when people do that and make these blunders, and then they think through it, it's like they, they end up becoming better employees, better moms and dads, and you know, better parents. Mm-hmm. But well, boy, in, in the process, so there, there, there are several things. Like one thing, um, you know, we got a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, lay leaders, you know, trying really hard. And um, I, I've compared. I think the malpractice thing came out because my analogy was a teaching hospital. Mm. You know, <laughs> like a teaching hospital is going to have to raise up physicians, mm-hmm. uh, and boy, do they do they get rebuked when they make a mistake. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the most hierarchical and scary relationships: the the attending physician with their young residents. Yeah. You know, and these are guys that finish med school, but you know, it's medicine is in the practice of it, and so they, and everything from bad bedside manners to. Uh, complete misdiagnosis to blunders in medication, yeah. uh, and uh, y- you know, like, hey, do you, do you guys commit malpractice here at UCSF Med School? And um, I don't know, I don't know if they'd admit it, but it's like, yeah, it happens. I've mm-hmm. saved a couple, like, you know. Uh, so, at, you know, so I, I can say, hey, you know, it's going to happen. It's sort of like you're going to build a high rise. Certain amount of you know industrial accidents are going to happen. I guess callous, of course, but uh, and and I wouldn't say that, but. Um, how do you, how do how to change this? I think we've we've tried to change it at the incentive level. You know, and we are constantly studying the unintended consequences of certain good things. Like we pursue a good thing, there are unintended consequences. Uh, we pursue something, maybe that's too much. The pendulum needs to swing back. Mm-hmm. So all of that learning process happens uh, in an organization and individual leaders mm-hmm. trying to do this thing that's really, really difficult, mm-hmm. which is to uh, build trust and um, uh, commend the gospel to a non-Christian, mm-hmm. and then when they become Christian, to try to help them along to become the most uh, uh, amazing representation of Christ, yeah. right? Uh, that That's really tough. Mm-hmm. And all of that happens through interpersonal influence and mm-hmm. through the Word of God, right? Mm-hmm. So, so as we're trying to do this, uh, I'm thinking, okay, so how many blunders can you make before you don't get another chance? Mm. Mm. And um, I think about people who've taken to the internet and you know telling these stories, and you know we we kind of talked about this in in the most lighthearted framework possible, you yeah. know, uh, but there are there are, there are worse stories. Oh yeah, and they are. Um, they are not one-offs. They're they're isolated so that it's not widespread, mm-hmm. but they're the sorts of things that that can happen. Mm-hmm. And 
these are stories of people who are still here. There are a lot of people who are not here for whom that story is their last story. Mm. And that experience then grows in their mind. Mm. And as they think about our church, that's the thing that grows and that's the thing that grows and they're going to write about it. And of course, everybody else looks at that and say, okay, that's who they are. Mm. Uh, and I, I heard a mes message, uh, you know, they, they take the worst part of you and make that your profile picture, whereas your life mm. is a video, you know. <laughs> uh, mm. And it's like, it's like Peter denying Jesus uh, versus, you know, uh, him repenting. And yeah. um, so, and I look at um, kind of the unkindness toward large successful institutions. Mm. And you know what? Um, you don't have that many chances mm. because your blunders become uh, stories that become permanently etched mm. in the World Wide Web. Yeah. And, um, and individuals, I think individual redemption stories are more accepted. Mm. Mm. Institutional redemption stories are often not. That's mm. true. Because uh, these stories are taken to be self-serving, mm. um, defensive. Uh, you know, you have big corporations issuing uh, blanket apologies um, that are sort of crafted. And, and so there's cynicism. Mm. Uh, so how many of these stories and how many of these, um, like, blunders and people making clumsy ministry relational decisions uh, can we absorb and survive mm -hmm. is, is, is a question mm -hmm. uh, that's it's 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 a it's a probing question like it's a and um, my conclusion is that um, it's a losing battle mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know what to do with that conclusion mm -hmm. um, but you know we're gonna be spending um, a lot of time uh, apologizing and training and trying to uh, redress this. But as long as we believe in a ministry where we are trying to obey the call to make disciples mm. um, rather than a teaching ministry mm. or rather than a ministry where um, we are not as close, we're not in each, each other's homes all the time. and. Um, but if we are going to obey the make disciples and be in each other's homes and, you know, keep watch over one another and help each other become sanctified and be like living stones, you know, tightly uh, together, like as long as we're going to be engaged in that ministry, I think we have to have a way more uh, dispersed uh, expression of our church where we're not seen as a big institution. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, in some ways that's our future anyway, mm -hmm. uh, because at a certain scale, uh, the effort required to align and to be on the same page and mm -hmm. to coordinate all of our efforts so that, you know, we're in 30, 38 cities. I always yeah. forget the number. I mean, we're, we're 1,600 just staff, um, bivocational ministers. And trying to, and we still feel like one big tribe. I mean, yeah. trying to keep that uh, while in each location mm -hmm. you're carrying on your ministry without. So, 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 okay, so let me back up. Big part of this is uh, the layers, too. Mm. It's like a telephone game. <laughs> like, like your leader above you yeah. can say, oh, hey, where, where was Joe, that freshman, this past Friday? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, he came, but, oh, he suddenly didn't come. Do you know where he is? Mm -hmm. And if you're the freshman staff and Joe is your one of your guys, yeah. you say, oh, I, well, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't feel yeah, like you're a, you're a good shepherd <laughs> <Yeah>. there. So, <laughs> so then so then you better know. Yeah. So then. I feel that way when my wife asked me, where was this person? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I definitely. Yeah. It's that. like, what are you going to do? Like, none of my business. Am I my brother's <laughs> yeah. keeper? You know? Yeah. Hate yeah. But it, it's, that. it's really crazy that just that innocent question mm -hmm. causes behavior among the freshman staff that is actually shooting us in the feet and, and, yeah. and making making us this like high pressure pestering yeah, group. Like, like, hey man, you yeah, doing where okay? were you? Even yeah. if you ask the nicest way, it's like, yeah. why are you asking me? Yeah, because yeah, that's so bizarre, yeah. right? And so there's an ex example of unintended consequence. Just having a leader ask you about your ministry can trigger behavior that yeah. that leader never even intended. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like we got to get flat. We got to get small. We got to we got to become more or less autonomous in terms of our tactics and strategy and even some of our values. Mm. 
I, th I, th I think there are important values and, the, and then there are less important values that have sort of, um, you know, I like, like I, I analogize it to like those, those big rocks that tide pools with like stubborn barnacles that are, it's like, <laughs> it's like we have precedent, like we don't have, those aren't even our values. Mm. And, and we, so we can't keep stripping them down mm. by me like going on these rants, yeah. doesn't seem to do much. Yeah. Uh, I think I think what we need to do is we need to simplify our values, mm. uh, simplify our structure, uh, become a lot more dispersed, mm -hmm. uh, so that the burden of upholding all of these things uh, get taken off of guys like you guys, mm. and you're you're free to sort of start building, uh, like maybe maybe new rhythms, new values mm. uh, that that fits this culture, this campus, mm. this team, mm. and uh, I know when I start talking like this like different people um get sad yeah and um you know but we're, we're, kelly and i we're turning 60 next year mm. and um yeah like i don't want to i don't want to be 65 and suddenly retire leaving our church in the lurch right i want to i, <laughs> I want to plan for yeah. a new expression of our church in which the current group of leaders are sort of like uh, a council of the wise uh, available to consult mm. rather than uh, try to control and direct and and uh, mm. and, and kind of keep everything together as mm. one mm. and and that future is um, kind of exciting to me personally mm -hmm. um, so um, I think I think we have to sort of navigate through that mm. uh, so still some of this will happen yeah but I think <laughs> it'll get these things will get redressed and and we can pivot much quicker yeah. uh, in this yeah. kind of future. Yeah. Cool. If I could, I don't know, just take an attempt to like sum that up for people. The, the way that I've thought about it is sort of like we're, we're, we're mom and pop family, like kind of group that got to a scale that feels really institutional. Yeah. And like we're struggling to deal with some of the challenges and realities that come with that wide institution yeah. and in some but ways we're like we, in some ways we're, we don't even come yeah. to grips with that identity because we still feel like the mom and pop mm. so you don't even know that you're actually perceived as an institution right and so then maybe the key is to change something so that there's yeah. we go back the other way you know mm -hmm. and, and maybe just get yeah. smaller in some ways yeah. 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 yeah yeah so I think um, I think final just kind of just wrap things final up. question um, would be I want to get a little bit into the online stuff. So, so I think just one thing. There's there's a lot of accusations out there that you've had in the past that you're kind of a denier that our church has issues. That you say, I don't. I mean, I don't think you've ever said this, but that you've said there's nothing to the online criticism and it's all fabrication. So, just just to set the record straight, could you just react to that? Like, is that is that your reaction to the online criticism that there's nothing to it? No. Um, I don't. I don't think. Well. I mean, who knows what I what I've said? Um, like, I, did I say that? Like, maybe there's nothing to the online criticism in in, in like in a, in a particular instance of the online criticism. Online criticism has been with us since 2006. Mm. Uh, it's it's been ever present. I think the current iteration of it is the most intense, though. Um, and maybe that's a reflection of not just the stories that are on there, but kind of, kind of the direction that our culture has gotten, mm. where there's a lot more. Uh, like a frightened uh, response mm -hmm. uh, to, to to these kinds of allegations, uh, but in in every iteration of our online criticism, um, I, I experienced a bunch of things. First, initial uh, woundedness, bewilderment, but uh, like man, the way this person writes and what this person is saying, she'd be really surprised, or he'd be really surprised how much I agree with what they're saying. Mm. It's just that. It's just if you could see the bigger picture, mm -hmm. if you could see the bigger picture. Um, you know, I, th I think when I, you know, like when you guys are married, like when, when you have marital strife, like you're, you're capable of thinking a certain way about your spouse, <laughs> right? And, and you just take that, like you can, like, wow, you, your spouse is a monster, right? Mm -hmm. But there's a context and there's the, sort of the ups as well as the downs as well as the you know so um so it, it's it's like even the most surreal painting um you kind of recognize what's being depicted mm. and that's almost always been my experience so i recognize that uh the other thing is i i very strongly object to the fact 
that this is put on the internet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm a little bit of a Luddite. Uh, I'm, I'm very, <laughs> um, very suspicious of technology's uh, impact on uh, turning life and turning people into a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're supposed to deal with this uh, in-house, mm-hmm. internally. We as in Christians. We, we Christians. Mm-hmm. And the way Christians call out each other and... Um, kind of take on uh, secular categories of abuser and the abused and one side are just villainous um, and, and demonic and you know that, that's the way the world works because there's no hope or grace or, mm. uh, or, or the larger perspective that I'm a sinner you know mm. uh, just like D.L. Moody's famous thing about somebody writing slanderous stuff about him on the on the newspaper and say, well, if the man knew me, really, he would have a lot more things to say. And that's sort of my stance. Um, even though a lot of the stuff that's written about me personally is actually straight up false, not just accusations of, like, he's a totalitarian. Maybe that's true. I don't know. But, like, factual allegations about our finances and things like that. It's like, mm-hmm. like I actually know that that's false. Mm-hmm. So, there, there, you know, so there, there's all, all of that. But, but aside from those straight up false things, like, I think, okay, well, I should take a beating, you know. Um, we should all take a beating every now and then and, you know, l- like worse aspects of us, like, yeah, you did that. Like, you know, we, we tend to forget that, mm. right? And these, these online criticisms are a great reminder, like, hey, you know, we do some really goofy things and worse, and we've done that. Mm. And that's on us. I just wish that wouldn't stay uh, permanently forever on the Internet mm-hmm. and for everyone who's trying to give us some kind of chance to read that and get spooked and run away and they don't get access to the gospel. Mm. And, um, you know, we really try hard to preach the gospel evangelistically. And that's the part that then makes me look at the whole thing mm. and and think the whole project is illegitimate. Mm. Even though the specific posters and the postings are like, Oh man, if we talked about this face to face, we could totally yeah. have a meeting of the yeah. minds. Yes, yeah. emotionally, it just feels like, ah, why are you doing this? And it, it gets hard personally to separate that out from, yeah. like, okay, these are legitimate criticisms from like, why do you have to do it this way? I, yeah. I've definitely experienced yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, I think everything you said is is a good word not only for like our own church members to kind of think about, but like, I mean, it's not just our church; it's all pastors, churches facing this sort of thing, and 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 all Christians kind of getting like really entangled in the muck mm. of all this and I mm. think there needs to be like almost like a fresh movement of Christian civility yeah, online fresh commitment or to like civility that, that like, would be really nice yeah if all Christians <laughs> could act like Jesus online that would be yeah. a great witness to the world you know yeah. um, but man I I think that's a great place to that's a great end. place to end thank you all thank right. you for joining us very, very illuminating um, I think people will find it pretty helpful to yeah, just hear this from I think your lips so. So. I think so and so I hope that gave people a really good perspective so yeah like, subscribe, Pastor Ed. You <laughs> got to like and subscribe to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Thank you so much. All right, Tune but thanks for time. joining us on the unofficial, official Grace Point podcast. See you guys next week.